I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. It's kind of funny to me that over the years, all the events and interviews, showcase homes, tours, gatherings, much of what I've found myself talking about with you, my friends in the business, that is the experience in design. That experience is more about the interpersonal relationships than the work itself. I love the work. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the glue that binds this amazing industry together. It's what we it's what we celebrate. But without the people, there is no design to begin with. So it only makes sense that the people and our experiences should come first. With that, I wanted to bring you a feel for what it was like at the Las Vegas winter market. I had never been to Las Vegas market before, so I don't have a frame of reference, nothing to compare it to really, but I will tell you that I, I was completely blown away by this show. A massive market center with so much to see that it it completely shocked the senses. I have been to KBiz before, but not since it was in Las Vegas last, back in uh, 2019. I was not prepared for this. For designers who have been to market, you know there is way more to see than time permits, more to do than you have the time or energy to expend. I was, like I said, I was shocked by the attendance as well. I'm not exactly why, though. I, I had a feeling, you know, based on the, on who I was talking to and the research that I've been doing, that this was going to be good. This was going to be well attended, but I, I had no idea it was going to be this good and this well attended. Amazing. So we live in a new reality, right? The new reality is meteorologists cannot accurately predict the weather. Even with their Mega Monster Super Doppler 10,000, they have absolutely no idea what's coming or not. The airlines can no longer be trusted to, to get you to the trade shows on time. I cannot tell you how many of my friends did not make it to the show on time or at all. The one thing I, that you can count on is that they will continue to jam-pack every flight they can they will overcharge whenever possible, and there will always be that one dude who isn't wearing socks on the plane. He's also usually the guy who's watching or making a call on his phone without AirPods. I, I don't know why. I can't explain it, but there always seems to be that one guy. Anyway, also, what you have to accept from now on is that economic predictions are unreliable at best, and there is no reliable way for knowing if a recession is looming, unless you actually do the research, which you do not have the time to do. But that brings me to another idea for you. For the past five years, I have been gathering research from a small but very active group of designers and architects. Their combined findings have been extremely reliable predictors for what's coming. Check the show for detailed findings and upcoming releases, as well as the Business of Design, a new series that I'll be releasing periodically, uh, from month to month. If you went to the shows this year or not, I wanted to see if I could bring you there with me and, and share a snapshot of the experience in an effort to give you a real feel for this. I'm going to organize this a bit differently. You've already heard my panel conversation from, uh, Las Vegas market. It was, it was amazing. Um, I published that last week, so make sure to check that out. This episode is all about the people, and a few that I think you should know. There's no way to bring you conversations with everyone I talk to, or to, to publish all of those conversations here, because this episode would never end. So instead of that, I wanted to give you a snapshot. I've got, um, first up, is... Mike Riley, president of Fazy Rugs. Mike is an industry vet with decades of experience and with the exuberance of someone new to the business. His passion shows you, and you'll hear how Mike is navigating a company celebrating 50 years into this new era of the design business. It's amazing. He was amazing. He was super fun. 
And I've got some other conversations for you. Um, we're going to hear from a designer and retailer, and we're going to hear from someone who is amazingly organizing the trade. And I think you're going to love this. But first up is uh, Mike Riley, and we'll get to this in just a moment. I am so incredibly proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They have been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes from saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. I think Thermosol makes the greatest steam shower generators in the world for a few reasons. They were first to do it here in the United States, dating back to 1958. They operate a world-class factory here in the U.S. in Round Rock, Texas, where they have an engineering team that designs, tests, and continually refines the product. They test every single steam generator before it leaves the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me and I, I think you know this, that the idea of luxury has changed, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory, or it's just not luxury. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option, the best in the biz, and that's Thermosol. Mitch Altman, third-generation CEO of this family-owned business, continues to innovate with Smart Shower, a technological marvel, aromatherapy, chromotherapy, and so many options. And it's easy to size and simple to configure. Check out all the available options at thermosol.com because a bathroom isn't truly luxury without steam, and there is really only one option if you want the best. It's Thermosol. You know what I love about this? I love sitting down with someone who the first question is, wait, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And the second question is, what is this combo by design thing? <laughs> and it's funny. So I started the podcast 10 years ago. It's design and architecture. And what I tell all the design, a little inside baseball for those who are listening who have never been interviewed by me, I, I tell everyone the same thing. I'm not going to ask you anything you can't answer. So the math questions, no math questions. Oh, perfect. You may be great at math, but it, it, there are no, it's, you know what I'm interested in? I, I'm, and I was talking to Michael previously and see, now I have to decide if I'm going to put Michael first or Michael after on the same episode. <laughs> so, now, but Michael Bauer, um, we were talking about the business and this is a 50 year old company and in such a dynamic ever-changing realm that is interior design you know how does a company continue to, to keep doing what it needs to do how does it continue to grow creatively but also how does it continue to feed and nourish a an ever-growing and ever-maturing design community that has clients that they have to that they that they're helping right exactly it's a big responsibility so a couple of things first thing I want to start with is where did you come from before this what is your background how did you wind up here <laughs> uh, my father was actually in the carpet business so I had a little bit of it in my blood so I had a little bit of a step up getting into it and um, I started out in 1987 with one of the first machine-made companies around which was Karastan which was uh, founded in 1920 by Marshall Fields. And uh, they were one of the only alternatives to the, the most wonderful hand-knotted rugs made from artisans around the world. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the rug world has evolved tremendously from, from that till now. Uh, and going back to what you said before, it, it, a lot of it comes down to product and service. Uh, the challenges, again along the lines of what you mentioned is keeping style fashion color trend up with the times and ahead of the times and being able to work with what you see coming next year and a lot of that comes from the people that we work with with our clients who are our closest advisors uh, and it really is a lot of a lot of research research through relationships that helps us be better in every in every aspect of rug design service. It's interesting too. I had some friends who were designers here earlier, and we were we were at the front of the showroom. It's a beautiful showroom. Thank you. And um, we were talking about some of the product, and I looked at some of the abstracts, and I was thinking, and I, we were talking about this. I was like, you know, ten years ago, you couldn't have had a rug with that pattern. 
with the the levels and the depth and the abstract nature of what it is, you couldn't have you couldn't have done it because it would have been too it would have been too much, yeah. right? You wouldn't have known where to put it or how to how to use it. But it's because of this immense talent pool of the American design community that just keeps pushing the boundaries. How does that push you? And how does that push the company to continue to sort of push the boundaries of, of what is what is acceptable, what is fashionable, what is trending without being come, becoming trendy for, for the future? Well, the most successful companies are successful. The number one, the number one foundation is product. You've got to have great product. We're all pushing ourselves to be innovative. Our clients are pushing us to be innovative. People are looking for the next best thing. Um, you know, we're looking at all these abstract rugs and as people that have millions of dollars invested in hand-knotted abstract rugs, we're saying, when is this gonna end? What's gonna be next? Do we need to start preparing? Is the world gonna come back to, to traditional? You know, what do we see? Um, and really, that's keeping your eyes and ears open and, uh, you know, following trend. Everything from ready to wear to home to Cuisinart fashion for Pete's sake and, and colors that, that, that they're incorporating into their line, the paint companies. And there's really a tremendous amount of data that's got to be taken into consideration. You know, when it comes to the constructions, the yarns, new technologies allow us to use better fibers, to, to create new fibers. Um, so all the things that lead to innovation, I think is what drives everybody in our space. And it's essential for us to keep striving for what is next, what can we do different? How do we differentiate ourselves? What combination of colors we haven't had before? And you know, sometimes there, there, are, there are oddities in nature, like there was a period about three years where brown and green together it was the hottest thing going. And you know, we saw that in ready, wear, ready to wear two years before we ever saw it flow into home. Now it flowed out as fast as it flowed in, but again, trying to stay on top of those things and figure out how to capitalize on it to give our clients what they're gonna be looking for next year. And along those lines, how do you straddle that line? Because this is something that comes up all the time and I know you hear this too. You know, trendy is a bad word. It's like if something's trendy, it's like, okay, well, that's the, it's the death of that because it's not going to last. Trending is a marketing strategy. <laughs> you know, trending is something like you have to look at this. Is there, is there life to it? Not everything that's produced is going to be a home run. Right. Things fail. Things, everything has a lifespan. So how do you, what does the R&D look like? What does the creative process for that look like? What is the, what is the engagement with the design community like you know because you're getting you're getting designers who are maybe going to Salone every year and they're going to Maison and they're going to you know they're going to every major international as well as domestic show and you're getting feedback and how does that inform the R&D process on the on the creative side yeah a lot of that is dissecting all of that information together looking for commonalities of all the different shows across the globe. Um, you know, it is so shifted in the past few years that, that, you know, in our business, all of the development used to start on the other side of the ocean and work its way back over here. Today, it's almost vice versa. I mean, the, the, the innovation in color design fabric, a lot of it is starting here and working its way back to Milan. Uh, so it really has, really has shifted tremendously in the last few years. And a lot of it is disseminating information that we're collecting from these relationships. It's, it's talking to as many retailers, as many design firms, as many people as we can, um, and trying to come up with ideas that, that incorporate innovation into that knowledge we have gleaned from them. Sometimes we just roll the dice. We, we had an idea we have this great shiny Lurex. We said, hey, let's, why don't we try incorporating that into the weft yarn and see what it looks like and drop a stitch here and all of a sudden there's a beautiful product. Sometimes it's just a complete gamble. Um, and you really have to step out like that as part of your daily repertoire. And how, how has the, it's funny because supply chain is less of a conversation these days than it was before, but what I, what I think a lot of people who, who 
don't really live in the world of supply chain dynamics like you do, don't really understand is supply chain was not a, okay, now it's fixed. <laughs> supply chains are changing. Supply chains are, are living, breathing, morphing. They're changing all the time. They're going from international to more local, from more local to regional. They change all the time. How does that affect you when, when you, you, know, you have product from Turkey? You know, how does that, how does that supply chain lead time costs, raw material costs, you know, end of line product cost? Um, how does, how does that, how do you navigate the business in something that has been exposed the way it has over the last year? It's, it's a difficult thing to manage. It really is, and and you honestly, you just have to roll with the changes. And you know, all of a sudden, we had uh, overseas freight at sixty-eight hundred dollars go to twenty thousand dollars. You know, there, there are so many nuances just over the cost of freight. Labor is a tremendous issue. Um, I've spent a good part of my career going back and forth to China two to three times a year, and I saw the area rug business manufacturing in China go away. And I saw the transition and how that transitioned. Um, and when you talk about supply chain, there's a country that, that in, the, in those days were doing 80% of the rugs made in the U.S. were from China. The other 20 was from India. Now it's about 5% from China because they only specialize in a couple of specific uh, constructions and the rest of it's gone to India and obviously still with the finer rugs in, in Pakistan and in other countries. But you know, supply chain goes all the way back to the weavers and what the weavers are willing to do. Even from the complexity of patterns that you see today, trying to get some of the patterns of the traditional Persians we have in here, finding people to weave those today is difficult because of the labor supply. And they don't want to do things that difficult. So you know, supply chain issues start all the way from the manufacturer to the ocean freight, to the backup at ports, and, and it's a much broader topic than I think a lot of people consider. Do you see any growth in American manufacturing in your business? I have a tremendous hope for it. Um, I have had the, the blessing to be able to run U.S. manufacturing and to understand the cost deltas between U.S. manufacturing in, in area rugs and manufacturing in Egypt and manufacturing in Turkey. Um, you know, a challenge with the cost is that it just keeps going up. Um, even, even in Egypt, where there used to be tremendous um, cost delta, and even in China, where a previous company that I worked with had an operation there. The social costs have gone up and up and up in China to where the delta is even less. Um, but you still have the problem today, and part of it's inflation, part of it's everything else. Finding labor today, and what you have to pay labor today for what I had to pay for it five years ago to work on a loom or work in finishing is tremendous. So it is very cost prohibitive, at least in our industry, to do that efficiently and cost effectively to compete with a, even a country like Turkey that's, you know, they've got a fantastic supply of rugs, of talent, of manufacturing know-how, and uh, they've done amazing things in that country. So, It's interesting too though, because you talk about, you know, manufacturing and prowess and, you know, American manufacturing, if, if, it, if it was important, and I think it's getting more important to, to come back, but then you've got the, the knowledge gap, right? You, I mean, who, we don't have trades here who know how to hand knot rugs. That's just not something that we have here. So it, it puts, you know, it puts the designer at, at a disadvantage when they're looking for product. And that's one of the things that I kind of wanted to turn this back on. You have, you have gotten, what I've noticed is Fazy has, has gotten not singular, but very focused in your approach and the way you navigate your assets, be it human assets, shipping channels, shipping lanes, strategy, the whole thing. You've, I don't think it's getting smaller, right? But you've focused. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, they say the devil's in the details. And, and that's where we live today. And that's, that's where you have to live to be successful. I mean, 
it, you have to manage every little aspect of your business that way and way more so than than we used to in the past i mean it was it was it was much much easier 20 years ago you buy some rugs you bring them over you sell them it, it's it's a different world today it is much more strategic it takes a lot more thought process it takes a lot more talent it takes a lot more educated people in 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 various departments to make sure things are happening when it, when it comes to the manufacturing of the rugs you know that's where the challenge is in 15 years, will they still be hand knotting rugs in India? That's going to be a question because the next generation, even though their father and their father's father and their father's father hand knotted rugs, these guys don't want to hand knot rugs. And that's what I say when I refer to China. We saw that where first the carvers kind of started going on strike, then the tufters. And then as the capacity dwindled from that, the wool supply chain wasn't getting in to be able to tuft the wool rugs. And, and it slowly just went by the wayside. And with the powerhouse that it was, you just could never have imagined it. If, if, you would have, if I wouldn't have seen it, you know, over a 12-year span, you know, every, every four to six months being there and watching what happened, I could, would never have guessed that China was ever going to be out of the rug business. It's, it's really interesting. Um, what is the state of design today? Of design? Yeah. It's the best it's ever been. It's, it's, it's more creativity. It's more excitement. There's so much going on. I think even in the world of hospitality, the game has changed um, in hospitality. I mean, the, the fashion and the statements in, in hotels and hotel brands is just so exciting. And you walk into new properties and you see great innovations in FF&E that, that everybody's making. It's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, hotels are the new homes. I mean, and I've spent a good portion of my life in, in the hotels. And, and it's great seeing what's happening there. And it's all, you know, the interior designers and their creativity is what is driving that movement. Uh, and it's interesting that, it, that, it, that it's, it's evolving into apartment complexes, rental homes, you know, P&E groups buying homes just so they can Airbnb them. And we're working with many direct uh, design firms that are, you know, putting rugs in, in 150 new, uh, brand new homes built for Airbnb purposes for private equity companies. So there's just a lot of exciting stuff going on. There really is, and I felt it today, and I've definitely felt it in your showroom. Mike, thanks for sitting down with me. This was oh, fun. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You heard from Mike Riley, president of Fazy Rugs. Next, you are going to hear from my friend, Michael Bauer, director of trade relations at Fazy. He is one of the most genuine and authentic people you will ever meet. I mean that with complete sincerity, full stop. His openness and willingness to help is one of the characteristics that make him an absolute gem. If you don't know him, you're about to. And I would also encourage you to check the show notes for links to Fazy Rugs' website and uh, introduce yourself to him because if you're a designer, you're about to meet your next really amazing best friend. And you're going to hear from Michael Bauer right after this. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community, so you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Michael Bauer, 
Josh Cooperman. Buddy, it's so, <laughs> good to, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, you know what's really fun for me? N- not the least of which is, is coming to these events, but seeing people that I, that I genuinely care for, that I genuinely like. You and I met each other recently, not, too, not, not long ago at all. Hit it off immediately. September last year. Yeah. Yeah, at, uh, at West Edge in Dallas. At West Edge in Dallas, absolutely, and, and it was it was amazing, and you have a you have a new gig, and that is why one of the things I'm so excited about because this was my um, this was my first time to Las Vegas market, and what an interesting experience! This is this is a very very surreal experience, but what was so cool about it is to come in to the Fazy showroom and see. A new old friend. It was great to see you. How you doing? How was this market for you? It's amazing. You know, we were having we had a little meeting this afternoon, and I was speaking with Mike Riley, the president of the company, and he said this is by far our best market since COVID happened. So we're really, really pleased with the traffic. You know, all markets are different. Uh, this market is different than Dallas, and Dallas is different than Atlanta. I mean, and, and High Point is, of course, on its own, one big thing. This particular market has really, really been a great one for us. Our numbers are great. It's more than the numbers, though. And here's what's interesting, and this is why um, not only do I love talking to you, but I love that we're doing it for the podcast and we're getting a full interview because what I want to tell those of you who are listening, designers, if you don't know Michael, you should, because Michael's a one. Michael, you're one of those guys, and you're going to blush. You're one of those guys that when I walk around the building and I'm at other events, like I did the panel, your name came up four or five times. <laughs> Does that surprise you? Well, you know, it, I push myself into people's lives so fast and no, so hard. No, it, it is, no. No, there's a I'm reason. I'm very passionate about what I do. You are. I am. And I think if you're not passionate about it, it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out. And that's the difference. And that's what, that's what I love so much about this. So I was, I was sitting on a panel about podcasting. And so there were four other podcasters, and Brigan Jane was the moderator, and Brigan's amazing. I got to visit with her. She's so precious. She's the, she's the best. And um, what's interesting about it is there are not a if, – like, if you walk around today, there are showrooms here in an amazing trade center where people are tra- they're transactional in their business. Since you and I have gotten to know each other, you're, you're, you're not transactional in the business. This is not transactional to you. This is no. extremely personal to you. It is. And it's, it's about relationships. And, you know, I learned a long time ago uh, about that relationships was what I was good at. Uh, and it wasn't that I, I guess it wasn't that I was good at it, but it was innate in my ability to meet people. And I think it's because I like to be around people. Um, I, of course, like my private time, but doing this puts me where I need to be and where I want to be. It fuels me to be in this industry. This is the industry. I've done so many different things, Josh. I have, from being a deputy sheriff in Harris County in Houston, uh, to having a catering company uh, and working retail. I've done so many different things. When I started with In Detail uh, Showroom in Dallas, uh, I knew then it was where I needed to be. I felt it. And what's, what I love about that too is, you know, my background, I came from out of industry into the industry. And it's funny because you'll talk to some people who are like, well, yes, I've been in, this is my only career. I've been in the industry my entire life. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But you don't get a level of experience from other industries. You don't get that, that realm of knowledge. You don't get that base of, of knowledge from other industries to, to see like, maybe something's supposed to be that way. Maybe it's not supposed to be. I guarantee you, your stint with the Harris County Sheriff's Department was not altogether, maybe different, but not altogether different from I, design. I used those experiences, all those experiences I use in this industry, in, this, in my career today. I, I was talking about it today with Dan Foley, um, and he said, you know, Michael, you're so good at this. And I said, you know what, I think what it is, it's not that I see myself so good at it, it's just that I love it and I know that this industry desires 
that kind of relationship building. And it requires relationship building and someone who cares enough to make the relationship. I, it, it just, it's just that what that is. In this industry, if you don't know how or if, you're, if you are not good at being yourself and being organic and just, I guess I'm, I'm bizarre, I'm kind of crazy and all those things, but it, it's just who I am and that's what I think makes it work for me. Do you think it's a willingness? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I'm asking because I'm thinking about it. Um, so it was really interesting. I'm sitting on this on this panel, and by the way, for those of you listening to Convo by Design, I, I don't have my editorial calendar yet. You've either heard it or you haven't heard it yet. I'm, I'm not actually sure which by the time you hear this this conversation. But in there, there were some questions that were asked, and there has to be a willingness to open yourself up to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to allow yourself to be vulnerable to other people who are influential, who have opinions, who have some, in some way, shape or form, sway over our futures. You know, a major designer, if I had started doing this, Michael, before I was ready to give in to that and the willingness to let go, and I had some attitude about you know, who I was or what I've done, and so I'm gonna, lead, I'm gonna carry myself in a certain way. I, I don't think I would have made it a year coming from outside the industry, because this is a tight group. You, you have this innate sense of, of comfort and well-being, and that's, that's kind of what I wanted to drill down on. Have you always been like that? Yeah, I have. I didn't recognize it. For, for years and years, I didn't recognize it. And when you said willingness, I never really thought of it that way, that I had the willingness to do that. It is just something that I, I, I certainly had uh, things to say always, all my life, never could stop talking. So I was always that person that wanted to interact with somebody else. And I think what that did for me, it was it, it, it gave me a sense of me very early on. That being said, Josh, I didn't really recognize it until and literally until I got into this industry. It's, it's, I know that sounds crazy, because I haven't been in this industry that long, 21 years, uh, but at the same time, it, it, that is what happened, and I realize now all of those things brought me here, and I was willing to learn. I was willing to listen to somebody. I was willing to help somebody if there was an issue or if they had a problem. Those kinds of things are just something that I've always done, and uh, I did I have a statement to make? Of course I did, and I still do. But that statement is different today than it was then. My statement now is, I'm here, I want to help, and I love this industry. And that's, I just want everybody to know that if you don't have that, then you need to do something different. Has there been a time since 08, 09, where the design trade needed someone to be their advocate as much as they do right now? It is. You know, uh, saying that, when I went into work at the at in detail at the Dallas Market Center, I was actually the very first person to sell to a designer in that in that building. Um, my brother is a designer. My partner's a designer. My friends are designers. It's all that's it's I'm entrenched in this, and I have been all my life with my brother being an interior designer in Houston. Uh, and I didn't realize what he was teaching me as I was growing up. He's a couple of years older than me, and he taught me so many things. And now I'm remembering and recognizing those things that he taught me. Um, did I answer that question? It's sort of, yeah, yeah. I, here's, here's my point. In 0809, in the middle of this financial crisis. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I remember what you talked about. No, you asked me. but in 0809, in the middle of this financial crisis, you had all of these new designers coming into the business. All these rookies, all these new people that, that lost their jobs or didn't, have, didn't know what else to do. They came into the business. You had all of the established mid-level designers who were losing all their clients because their clients didn't have any money anymore and, and maybe they lost their house and it was foreclosed yeah. on and they lost, they lost their homes and they were renting and they don't need a designer anymore. Cut to 10 years later, so 1819 is when all of those rookie designers got into the business. They had now established themselves as, as a, a, above mid-level designers and now they've got their, their client base is in turmoil. Everyone's in turmoil, right? Yes. After after the pandemic. So I'm curious, 
you know, you've got a base of, of people that desperately need help. You're bringing rookies up at the time. Now you're bringing up mid-level designers at the time. You've worked with the highest level of designers. Of course. And, and now you're in, you're in a really interesting role. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. You've got this, you've got this opportunity to engage an ambassador of the trade. What does that look like for you? And I am going to answer that question that you asked me originally, <laughs> that you asked me, that I did not answer, actually. Uh, the design community always needed a voice. I was from, from the time, and I've talked to my brother about this, from the time that I can even remember thinking about design or hearing about it from him, uh, the struggle is real. You know, I have a shirt that says the struggle is real. For an interior designer, the struggle is real uh, because they're uh, psychologists and they're creatives and the creatives and they're A-types. You know, this, in this industry, we are all, most of us are A-type people. It, it takes that to power through and to do that. So yes, that question, uh, it has always been necessary. I do find it now, uh, with now watching these designers come up and watching them work so diligently and so hard. It is not a glamorous job. This is not a glamorous career. This is a very hard career to be in. And if you are not a business person, you will never do well. So you have to have the business side and you have to have the creative side. Not everybody has that. The people that are teaching, uh, like my, my friend Tracy Connell, is a coach. And she's an amazing person. And I think that's what makes her an amazing coach because she's got that personality, she cares. She's been through all of these issues and she's lived it and she's powered through it and now she's sitting on top of it. Uh, so watching those coaches, Gail Doby, all these amazing people, Lou Andagara, who I hold in terribly high esteem. Uh, these people are, are so brilliant and, and they speak to the design community because they are the design community. If you're not somebody that understands it and has lived through it, they do not know. And I think now, more important than ever, with the financial crisis that we're in and leading into, knowing how to be a business person and having somebody with a voice to help them through, I think is one of the most important parts of being an interior designer and doing what I do. I have an opportunity here to grow this brand, which is 50 years old. I can't imagine, I didn't know that this brand needed to grow. And I still think it's, you know, it's still an amazing, an amazing company with amazing, kind-hearted people. This is a kind-hearted family business. And I'm honored to be a part of it. And yes, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of processes that I am going to be working, collaborating with the owner, with Mr. Fazy, with Cameron Fazy, Mike Riley, our president. Uh, and I'm really proud that they feel that same way. What a gift, though, to be an ambassador for the design community because I feel like more designers okay so I'll back up a second so one of the things that I, I noticed in my journey right when I was with Playboy and I got an opportunity I was I was hosting a show called the Playboy radio interview and what I would do every year when the Playboy Jazz Festival would come to the Hollywood Bowl in LA is I would get an opportunity to interview all of the artists what a gift. Wayne Shorter, you know, Herbie Hancock. Wow. Just really big names in, in jazz. And, and every one of them that I asked, they would all say the same thing. We have to help the next generation because it's an art form and it's our duty, it's our responsibility to bring up the young artists. Absolutely. Design isn't really like that. And it confuses me sometimes why it's not because... It's an art form, no question. Absolutely. You have a hierarchy, no question. You have a star level, no question. Correct. But there isn't the same, and maybe because it's business first and not arts first, or because there haven't been over time enough you know, true ambassadors of the design community. It's true. Right? It is absolutely true. You know, and I am a believer in and an advocate, an advocate of training and teaching the students in design school. I've always done tours. I, was, I just left the Dallas Market Center after 10 years uh, to work with this amazing brand. I would always work with the colleges and work with these student tours uh, for the design community. Not only interior design, but even, even apparel, clothing design, uh, fashion. Uh, but it was mainly interior design and you know you could always tell and what's interesting you could always tell those who weren't really sure that's what they wanted to do 
And I think without a voice and without an ambassador, these people will not know if it is or not what they really want to do. Because I go really deep with them about this is hard work. This is not what you think it is. If you think it's fancy and glamorous, then you need to rethink what you're doing. If you want to be on your phone during this tour, then you can sit outside in the hall while I conduct the tour. But I, and I do that because it's a serious business. This is a huge money-making business. And to do it right, you have to really be passionate. And unless you have somebody, as they're coming up in the industry, for instance, um, my friend Heather out of Detroit, Heather Versalino, is, uh, I met her about a year and a half ago at the Dallas Market Center. And she was scared, she was intimidated by going in. I toured her through the building and just made her feel comfortable about coming in and doing something where she'd never been before. Uh, we're great friends today. She has a beautiful business in Detroit and she is very confident in what she's doing. I know that it wasn't because of me, but I know that I was able to assist her and just give her one little lift up so that she could carry on and do what she does best. And I think that that speaks volumes. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what's so important. And I think that, you know, it's a, it's a statement when you, when you have a company like this. It's a 50-year-old company with some remarkable products, some remarkable partnerships. And they bring someone like you in because they know just how important the design community is. And it's the lifeblood of the business. Very rare in this industry. I don't know another brand that has this position. Uh, and of course, I'm honored and thrilled and overjoyed. And I can't even tell you enough how happy I am that they do believe in the design community this enough, this much to care enough to have this position for their company. And, and for that and many other reasons, I am rooting for you, I am pulling for you, and if, if you don't know Michael as a designer, you absolutely should. Check the show notes, his contact will be, uh, will be in the show notes. Michael, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Josh, so much, I really appreciate it. You are listening to some of the incredible people I spoke with at this year's Las Vegas market. We'll be right back. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. Finally on the show today, you are going to hear from Brad Priest of JMB Home Decor and Gifts. This designer and retailer has a thriving decor business who comes to market to see what's new now and next so he can bring it back to his Elkhart, Indiana showroom. Brad lost his husband and business partner, Jonathan, unexpectedly in 2021. And you're going to hear how his love of design and designers help him continue to heal from the loss. This was my time meeting Brad. And for me, this is what it's all about. I have a new friend too. Brad Freeze from JB Home Decor and Gifts in Elkhart, Indiana. So JB is Jonathan, my late husband, and Brad. Um, it's a conceptual design center, a uh, design center, home accessory store, gift gourmet, candles, but it's an experience. People come in, there's music playing, dance music playing, my dog is there, bubbles get popped, and it makes shopping fun again. And it's, it's a type of store where it's always changing, except for candles and gourmet, I never reorder anything. So whether we can accent tape, furniture, art, lamps, it's always changing, always evolving. So that way they keep you coming in. We do a huge Christmas business. And for my previous businesses, all my people follow me. Because I'm only four or five months old. And uh, they all followed me, I've got new people. And it's just an experience that's been growing and Everyone wanted me here at Las, the Las Vegas Market 2023 to find the new best and precious for JMB. What are you seeing here? What are you crushing on? I'm crushing on, okay, in terms of upholstery, velvets, 
uh, lux. Things are getting rounder because everything was so streamlined and mid-century rounder, which I love. But now you have to change it. So everything is rounded, curved, um, chubbier. You know, and so that, and then for your home accessories, brass, gold, buttery, rich, richness. Um, again, mixing textures. You got metal, you have glass, you have the look of wood, whatever it is, mix it all together. So yeah, that's the freshness I'm seeing. And when you, what do you take away from from a show like this? Because I mean, look, it's it's big, it's huge. There's so much to see. There's so much to do. What do you take away? How do you how do you use this? You you have to do your homework first. So we started coming here in 2008, and we would do every floor of every building. Then you realize I don't sell mattresses, or I don't need to go to these floors. So you know where you need to go. Um, my takeaway is always inspiration, energy. The Las Vegas market gets an international market, so you hear every language in the hallways. People are dressed to impress. That's the energy, the flow, the creativity that I need as whether a designer or a shopkeeper or that I can bring back to my people and say, this is what's new and exciting. We're not reinventing the wheel, the vase is a vase, but what makes this one special? And that's, and that's the excitement that this market brings to me personally. You know, what's interesting, too, is that I've noticed, you know, getting back out at these events again and reporting from these events again. So for the last couple of years, because everything was was virtual and the mics were great and the audio was great. But if you, if you like, okay, so if you're, if you're watching this or if you're just listening to the podcast, do you, do you hear that? I don't edit out most of this because... I, I love oh, there's the background a, noise. There's a there's a vibrancy in that. There's a life in that that has been missing. That it used to be so like when I was like, oh, Okay, hold on, I gotta go find a quiet spot. Now it's like, you know what, I don't wanna find a quiet spot. What does that do for you? The the, the life that's here again. You just said it, the life. So there was a couple of years as the Las Vegas market was growing, it was quieter. And or if you go into a showroom that doesn't have music, post-silent. So you need that energy. You need that commotion. You need that life to make, to give you energy. These are long days. Um, my friends joke, they're like, don't you go on vacation? I go, this is my vacation. I'm not going to lay on a beach. I burn. So I'm going to come to a show, be here from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. until they kick me out. And then just absorbing, again, the energy of the showrooms, the reps, the people. Um, yesterday, I was standing back and eavesdropping. And someone said, can I help you? I'm like, fun is that? Yeah, I mean, because I want to see what they were looking at. I know what I focus on, and my goal for this trip is to find new and fresh. So, okay, I'm attracted to this, I need to look at that. And so that's why I was eavesdropping and listening to what they're looking at. And maybe they're from a different region, different country, or whatever. And that's that's what you get here. It's just that, that constant feedback and, and you can learn from so many others. And that really, that really is what it is too. It, just the idea that the learning doesn't always come. I'm on a panel, and, and I love doing panels. I love recording panels. I love putting panels together. But it's it's not always that learning environment. Sometimes it's like in in country. You know, you're you you're you're on a journey. You're on. This is a destination, and it's being able to you know learn from the experience. And I think that this is one of those things that you just can't get this experience anymore. No, no, you really can't. I mean, there's other markets, of course, and they do great, but this one is different. This one is special. Um, this is my first one solo, because normally I'd be always with my husband, Jonathan. Last year, first year without him, a friend came with me. Or she's beautiful and has great taste, but more for emotional support. This one, I'm doing a solo on purpose, because of the, the love and support, I mean, I know showroom reps, I know theater waiters, I know, you know, I love to talk to people and look them in the eye, I say please and thank you, and I hand them the glass, and that's what you get. So when I come back to the Las Vegas market year after year, I'm seeing friends, I'm seeing family, and then, oh, I need to be working, and then that's when I seek out, now in the, the Showrooms I feel comfortable in, but new showrooms. Um, with JB Home Decor and Gifts, I need to expand my gift section. 
So I'm going to the showrooms that are multi-lines, and normally I'd be like, oh, that's not us, we want past them. Well, that is me now. So I need to look at everything with a fresh set of eyes and get and listen and learn. I love that. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. You know, I'm kind of shy. I don't like to talk. Right? <laughs> Kung Fu by Design is more than just a podcast. I'm not sure if you know that. I have spent the past 10 years building a production company and consulting firm that develops brand ambassador programs, CEUs, live event programming, as well as branded content for companies in the design and architecture industry, including designers, architects, furnishing companies, showrooms, and others in the trade. We have content producer talent in every region of the country and can help you grow your design business through brand development campaigns, social media, and CEU content development and production, as well as content consulting and live event programming to help you build strong and meaningful partnerships that will help you grow and strengthen your design business. For more information, message me at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram or email me Convo by design at outlook.com c-o-n-v-o-b-y-d-e-s-i-g-n at outlook.com did you hear how loud that was did you hear the noise did you hear the excitement did you hear the energy that was las vegas market i i wanted i wanted to to talk to brad in the middle of it all and we did and yeah it was noisy and yeah it was exciting the energy i mean seriously it was electric there it was amazing and that was a snapshot of the Las Vegas winter market in January. Now, to be fair, I walked literally miles in and around the three-building campus, and I probably only saw a fraction of what there was to see. That being said, if you check the Convo by Design Instagram, you will find some additional footage of my experience. If you have never been to market in Vegas, you need to go and see it for yourself. Plan accordingly, because there's a lot to see. Thank you, Brad, Mike, and Michael. Thank you, Kim Porter of IMC, for making my trip possible and for casting me for that amazing and incredible and wonderful panel. Thank you, Convo by Design sponsors and partners, Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware for your partnership. You are incredible, and I appreciate you very much. For those listening who want to learn more, please check the show notes for links. And thank you for listening to the show. I, I know more than ever. There are a lot of shows out there, and you chose Convo by Design to, to spend your time. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you, and I hope you found this episode to be a, a good use of your time, because that's my goal. Let's do this again, shall we? Say next week. Until then, be well, and take today first. Mm-hmm.